Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the 10th Inning Podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion about the wide world of baseball, keeping you up to date on America's national pastime. Now, here are your hosts, Jack Miller and Caraguno. Welcome back to the 10th Inning Podcast here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM Channel 2. Your host, Carol Guno, alongside Jack Miller. And we've got a special guest in the house tonight, alumni for Roan Radio. And our very good friend, Jason Joseph, is back in the building at the WGLS-FM studios. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, how are you feeling? Former host of 10th Inning as well. I know, I know. So I took his spot, pretty much. Oh, yeah, you did, Jack. I mean, no. And Paul. And Paul, too. Oh, yeah, Paul, too. Maybe yeah, we'll get him back yeah, for another episode. Episode? Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, oh man, it's, it feels so great to be back here. It's it's uh, definitely quite an honor, you know, to be on here, and I'm always happy to talk to you guys, especially. And yeah, no, it's everything's been going pretty well overall. Post grad life has been going pretty good, but you know, sports, watching sports, they've been going pretty well too. Oh yeah, yeah. of course. I mean. We have a lot to talk about with free agency. This could be the wild, wild off season. I really think there's going to be a lot of moves going on for our, some of our favorite teams, or maybe not so favorite teams could get some help <laughs> as well. So, I think somebody that we can kind of jump right in mm-hmm. here that you guys in particular, as Philly fans, are going to be really excited about Trey Turner. Yes. I mean, as a non-Philly fan, I think that he's probably going to end up in Philly. I think just speculation-wise, I've been all over Twitter. I know he has a lot of connections in Philly, and you know his family, his fan base, or everybody's kind of dragging him in. And I think, yeah. I think he can fit really well in the Phillies lineup, which is obviously a huge factor. But I think right now, the Phillies is probably their number one target right now because they were just a couple games away from winning a World Series ring. And is Trey Turner going to be the guy to be the difference maker? I don't know about that, but still, I and mean, it's lots to speculate early on. But and what do you guys think? Do you think he's going to end up in Philly? I think if he does, it'll be sooner rather than later. Well, I think we have to fill that uh, middle infield spot. I mean, Bryson Stott can fill uh, the second base or shortstop role. I mean, we've seen him play both, so and he's done fairly well at both. Um, but Gene Segura is um, not going to be returning to Philly. Uh, it's pretty much assumed that. Right. Um, so, but Trey Turner is one of the targets. Is the main target for the Phillies uh, at this point. Um, f- to fill that shortstop role f- um, for the Phillies, and they got to be looking at all the star sh- shortstops that are out there. You got to look at Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts. I think is one of them that they should be looking at too. Um, there's also Dansby Swanson, Carlos Correa. I mean, there's a bunch of shortstops and second baseman as well um, within uh, the free agency pool, and these are very like guys that make that are difference makers on the on any team that they're on. So they got to be looking at all of them, but I think the ones that they're mainly looking at is Trey Turner and Xander Bogarts. What do you think, uh, Jason? I think that the whole talk about Trey Turner has now shifted because I was a little bit on the fence when. We were first talking about him at the very beginning of the offseason because I thought that maybe the Phillies could use that money to get another pitcher, yeah. even though they have two really great prospects that we've all seen, you know, with the Jersey Shore Blue Claws last year, and now yeah. they're in AAA, and they both have a, a shot of even making it to the big leagues next year, yeah, and Nick awesome. Abel and Andrew Painter. But now, Bryce Harper's injury, and yeah. he's going to be out for quite a while. Right. He's going to be out till. At least the All Star break. Well, where are you going to get that production from? Yeah. And so now I think that that whole conversation 
conversation has shifted because of that. And now you have to kind of go out there and you have to get a guy that can not necessarily hold the fort down, but can give you something that Bryce that Bryce was able to do. Maybe he doesn't have the power, but he can hit for contact. He's clutch. He has speed. He's great defensively. And that's the type of player that you need, especially when Bryce is going to be out. So I really do believe that Trey could actually make a very positive impact with this team. I think Trey and Xander are both, like, these guys that the Phillies have to go for. I mean, you said it. Like, Trey has literally everything you can ask for as any kind of hitter. Like, he can play defense. He can run. He can, like, just get a base hit or, like, a a good double or even a bomb if you need it. He's a clutch guy as well. He does everything well. Even slide. I mean, we've all seen seen the the slide memes. But um, And also Xander, though. Like, I feel like the Phillies definitely need a guy that – can also hit for contact. So either Trey Turner, but definitely Xander Bogarts with an over 300 batting average and always get, and not, he doesn't get a lot of home runs. Like he gets mid 20s, but they need a guy that can just hit for contact. So when we do get those home runs that we know that we can get, uh, we can add some runs onto those home runs instead of them being solo shots. I've also said that it's been like when you're a ball club or when you're any type of like a professional sports team, having guys in the locker room or even in the clubhouse that have that October experience or yeah. that playoff experience. Yeah, Trey Turner has that. It yeah. goes such a long way. And Trey has that experience. Not only does he have that, but he's a leader. Yeah. And there's not really a whole lot of, you know, people that have those leadership type qualities that you can come by that you can just pick up off the street. You yeah. know, Kyle Schwarber was one of those guys that the Phillies did get last year. You know who was considered to be a really great leader for the Cubs, for the Red Sox, and even for the Nationals. Yeah. But I think Trey also brings that too, and also the familiarity with the hitting coach because he spent a lot of time with yeah. him with the Washington Nationals relationships. They say in our business and in, in broadcasting they go a long way, but it's for the athletes too, themselves it goes a very long way too. Exactly, and I think that's the difference. I think that the reason that's the difference why they're going after Trey instead of Xander. I think Trey's more of a leader than uh, Xander Bogarts. I mean, Xander can do the pretty much the exact same thing as Trey does, um, but I mean, Trey Turner is a leader for all the teams he's been on with the the Nationals and like with Juan Soto and um, with the Dodgers as well with Mookie Betts and all of them. So. I mean, Trey Turner is the guy that they have to, I think, in my opinion, they have to be going afterwards. But I do agree with you. They ha- The Phillies have to go after a pitcher. I mean, we we saw that we we struggle with starting pitching when it comes to only like a three-man rotation than a bullpen game in the playoffs. So, I mean, and Aaron Nola, his stamina is a huge effect on how he pitches, especially later into the playoff rounds. So I think they got to go after a guy like Rodone. I mean... I mean, that's one of the better pitchers out there, but you can't go after someone like DeGrom, especially if you're going after some guy like Trey Turner. I mean, what do you guys think for pitching-wise, who they should go after for Phillies? Well, the problem is is that if you go after Trey Turner, you're already stuck because yeah. you have Nick Castellanos' contract. You have you have Reese Hoskins and that whole thing coming up. You know, we'll probably talk about at some point, you know, whether Reese should be traded or not. That's a whole nother discussion. It you is. have JT's contract. You have Zach Wheeler's contract. You know, John Middleton has gone over the luxury tax, and he's paid a lot of these guys. So you don't really have a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. So if you go after Trey Turner, who's going to 
you know, demand a lot of money himself, you're going to be limited. And so will, will um, Dombrowski be able to try to figure out how to utilize those holes that they have in their roster? I think he can certainly do it, but that's something that remains to be seen, and we're going to have to see what happens at the winter meetings. Yeah, I think, well, looking at all of the um, the free agents that are available, I'm going to go, like, at best at each position. For catcher, you have Wilson Contreras. Uh, for first baseman now, it's Josh Bell since Jose Abreu and Rizzo both signed their contracts with their said teams. Uh, Gene Segura at second base. You have Trey Turner, Correa, Bogarts, and Swanson all at shortstop. Um, Justin Turner over at third. J.D. Martinez at DH, Andrew Benatendi in left field, as well as Michael Brantley, Brandon Nimmo in center field, as well as Kevin Kiermeyer, Aaron Judge in right f- in right field, um, with huge talks there. Degrom and Verlander at uh, the starting pitching, and Kenley Jansen and Will Smith for um, for the relief pitching spot. I mean, th- all these guys. I mean, if they all played at one team together, could make a very good team. <laughs> right, so right. I mean, these all these guys yeah. are crucial pieces to any team that they go to. So I mean, who do you think? And besides, like out of the out of everyone besides Judge, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think makes the biggest impact? People like Wilson Contreras, Josh Bell, um, Segura, Turner, Martinez, Benintendi, all those guys. I would say Degrom. I think you got to go yep. I, if you're not going f- like position player wise. You, yeah. I think you got to go pitching because, I mean, DeGrom, where is he going to go? Because it seems like I mean, you got Michael Brantley, you got like Brandon Nimmo, you got all these pieces from the Mets. Everybody's the Mets could be in shambles. The Dodgers could be in shambles. Their whole core players could be gone, and everything. You have Walker also. He's a, a free agent for the Mets, and yeah. they could lose everything, and especially a team like the Mets who are just so highly regarded and kind of always yeah. falter. They always falter in the playoffs, and we kind of know that and expect that from them, but especially if you're losing all these pieces on the squad, they're done. I think if you got to go after DeGrom, but he, that's going to demand a lot of money. And you If you, you, you get DeGrom, but then you lose maybe somebody else that you can go after. So I think either way, I got to think that um, Swanson's probably going to return back to to the Braves, I think he'll. I probably, think that's where he belongs. I, that's where he belongs. I think so too. I mean, Correa is somebody that I don't. I really, he is. I think the biggest wild card because I really haven't seen a ton on him. I heard some speculation about the Yankees, but I feel like that's with everybody. Like everybody yeah. wants. I kind of agree with that Correa thing because I didn't expect him to go to the Twins at all. Right. Right. Like, I'm, for, a guy, for a guy that was, I, it was for the money, obviously. But right. But I mean, for some guy to go to the Twins for like, if you're trying to win, right? Yeah. Because yep. I, I feel like Correa is trying to always win, but obviously we saw that he chases the bag. So yeah, and then look what <laughs> yeah. happens, and, and then, then Jeremy yeah, Pena yeah. comes yeah, around. Exactly. So <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it's like now, I think he's just a wild card. Wherever the wherever the money flies, the that's money where goes, yeah, yeah, that's where he's gonna go. So. I mean, definitely the Yankees are probably top priority, I feel like, for Correa um, because they are in need of a middle infielder right. as well. Right, but they also, Judge has to be their number one priority right now. That's oh, well, yeah, I meant for the middle infield. Uh, middle <laughs> infield, I mean, you you might lose. I think Benintendi, I think he might sign a one- or two-year deal, year deal with the Yankees. That's what I'm just kind of assuming. I, I think the Yankees didn't, fans didn't get to see enough of him because he was injured and he really didn't get to – and you, you don't see somebody – you don't see in the center fielder as well, Harrison Bader. You didn't really see, like, the outfield flow in the way that you wanted to, I think, for the Yankees. So I think they maybe they'll maybe try Benintendi for another year or two, see kind of how that works out. I don't really expect too much movement there. I think Gene Segura is kind of a good backup 
shortstop. He, I don't think he's your everyday, or I mean, second baseman. Or I don't yep. think he's a starter. I, I really don't. Maybe yeah. like a lower level team. Maybe yeah. put him in Arizona Pirates, kind of a team Rockies. I don't know. Just throwing yeah. out teams like that. I don't think he's a everyday player in, in big market teams, especially like in Philly, New York, Boston. I don't really think he can be an everyday player there. But again, that's somebody you need depth on a bench. Yeah, I think for Gene, you, you got to expect him for to sign with a team that wants to be the team that they used to be but needs to give the guys experience, like ha- like leadership and stuff. Uh, Gene Segura, I feel like now is at that veteran stage where he's getting older, but he's definitely a solid ball player, not as he used to be, but still he's still solid. So he needs to give um, other players uh, the ex- like advice and like leadership um, on their teams, like for a lower team, like as you said, Pirates, D-backs, uh, Rockies. Um, especially I feel like the Pirates, I feel like, are a team that need to go after yeah. them. I mean, he could definitely... Give O'Neill Cruz some tips. I mean, yeah, so. veteran presence right there. Those so. are, I mean, there's always teams that you kind of know are going to be in like the free agent market. Like you know, Mets are always Yankees are there. Every Dodgers kind of claim to get everybody, and now you see like the San Francisco Giants. I'm like, yeah. I just saw a couple hours ago they're 50 50 with the Yankees right now. I don't know how yeah. you know reliable that is, but could you imagine? I mean, Judge returning to San Francisco. You know, I don't know. I mean, Jason, what do you think? Because I think the Yankees, their focus has to be on Judge. But they have to be prepared because if they don't sign him, they they're essential. Their marketing, their you know branding, their, everything is kind of down the toilet right now. That's their this is their franchise player. Yeah. And but for the Giants, if they can get somebody like Judge, what that does to an organization, you know, it like it's it's incredible what somebody like Judge, you know, he's asking for a lot of money, but he deserves a lot of money. So I think it's a sure. it's a power game, but. Either way, I think the free agency could be really shaken up. Well, Aaron Judge has always been an interesting type of a player to me because he has these spurts where he can just get so hot at the right time. And once he gets hot, you know, that can actually carry a baseball team. Exactly. It did. And so <laughs> it, did, you know, yeah. it, it absolutely did. It helped the Yankees, you know, during those months of, of uh, May, June, July. And when he struggled, you can definitely feel that in the lineup. And so, you know, he he tends to be very streaky at times, but when he is on, that can really add so much to a ball club. And if the Yankees don't get him back, that's that's going to be a big loss. Now, of course, we saw Jason Dominguez last year. Yeah, but I don't we think don't he'll know. Get called up. We don't know if Jason Dominguez, like what he's going to be, you know, and we, and we don't know like if he's even going to. You know, do well at the major league level. I certainly think he will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? From what we saw. Yeah. yeah. From, uh, Every, we all saw right. the broadcasters. But I mean. the thing is, is that you're also setting yourself back. Yeah. Because, yeah. because you know, you're setting back the timeline and you're basically saying, you know, okay, we're going to wait for this young guy that we have in our system right. to do really well. And so I think that Judge would be such a great mentor for him, especially. True. And it would be kind of like, Kind of like what Brett Favre was to Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. That yeah. makes sense, right. right? So, but I just feel like the Yankees have—they really have to go for him. And if he doesn't sign with them, they're going to be in deep trouble. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, with the with the Yankees, he it was uh, reported that um, Judge got offered three hundred million dollars for eight years um, by the Yankees. And uh, but also Rizzo signs back with Rizzo, the Yankees. That's a good thing. But is that is that the Yankees trying to push Judge to come back to New York by just signing Rizzo because they had a really good connection yes. in the, in the yes. dugout? I so. think so. T- I think if yes. Rizzo walked, 
then Judge would have been more inclined to leave because, like, right. we've seen it all the time that probably one of his best friends on the team. You have somebody like Stanton, who I know they're really close with as well. So there's a lot of free agents on the Yankees, but I think step one was Rizzo. Maybe step two, maybe Judge is in talks, you know, with everybody saying, you know, Brian Cashman saying, build me, give me a middle infielder, give me somebody else because I'm not going to be here if we're not going to win. I mean, what makes – I mean, why would you rather go to the Giants? It seems like they're not, you know, in the playoffs. They're not really ever anywhere to be found usually. They kind of are here and there. But maybe Judge says, I want to be on a team that can finish. I want a team that can actually get past the Astros. And now because somebody like Jose Abreu goes to the Astros, uh, Astros excuse me, that's another wrench, you know, in. And Judge has to say, okay, well, now the Astros are getting stronger. What makes the Yankees to get stronger? Our playoffs are not going to be easy to get into. Maybe he tries to go out west and say there's an easier shot of getting to play into the playoffs and into the World Series there. So I don't know. I think maybe if the Yan- I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees got another piece and then Judge shines. That's kind of I think maybe what would happen if they can get a star middle infielder. How much money they're willing to spend is up to. Hopefully they spend a lot of money, <laughs> but I think it's it's going to be a big factor. I think it's going to be exciting uh, as well. Well, don't you think that Anthony Volpe could also be that guy? I think he, he should be. Yeah. I think he should be without a doubt. I think I think Dominguez, because he's only 19, he's so young. I think that Dominguez, will, I think he was in Somerset. I think he'll probably yeah. stay Somerset for the majority of the year. Maybe after the All-Star break, we can see him in AAA. I don't think he'll make his debut next season unless everybody gets injured because you have Maybe. Cabrera, you have Peraza, and then you have Volpe, who is a shortstop. Why not take a chance with him? I mean, there's rumors that Glaber's going to be traded, which yeah. I think that's a possibility that Torres ends up somewhere else not New York. I think York. that's yeah. a positive for you guys. I you think so too. You can yeah. kind of clear out yeah. and give the young guys a shot but I think Volpe won't start the year with the Yankees. I think he'll maybe come in a month or two later in the season. Those are just kind of right. because the Yankees never call up anybody young until it's too <laughs> late and then they you know not enough time for them really to shine so we'll see but again Judge is kind of I wouldn't say he's old but a lot of people he is older. He got into the his rookie year was I think in his 30s he was kind of older-ish compared to other players who had someone, you know, a lot of time left. So Judge is kind of older, yeah. and Rizzo's older-ish. Stanton, you know, you have a lot of, you have a lot of older, older guys on the guys team, in the yeah. team, and yeah. you maybe need some young help, which youth. you need youth. Yeah. And that's, I think, where the Yankees can, you know, have the rise. But somebody like the Astros, their youth, Jeremy Pena provided them and exactly. almost led them, like, led them to the World Series. And so, again, it kind of shows. So I think that's going to be probably the most wild thing that we're going to see is, I mean, is there anybody else that you guys are just excited to think that maybe going to change your uniform and anybody else that you guys think is going to shake up everything I don't think throughout the league? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think we've really talked about it, but I think Kenley Jansen, I think yeah, that would be that's, something that's, that's interesting. A hu- that's a huge spot right there. Yeah. That's a huge hole that uh, any team can fill with Kenley Jansen. I mean, for sure. he's, he gave up only, uh, one home run in uh, the few starts or the few uh, times he was in um, against the Phillies uh, in the playoffs. I mean, he's just an all-around great, um, and he's a uh, like an all-around great uh, relief pitcher. But he's he's just had so much experience as well. So I mean, he's a great pitcher, but also he can give other players um, advice and leadership as well. I mean, Kenley Jansen can shake up the entire. I think Kenley Jansen's like that like underdog like superstar that we will be like, oh, he went there or like yeah. he went here or whatever. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to the Cardinals, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, Cardinals are in a lot of talks with a lot of a these lot players, of players. Because I've you always players. know they're always trying to be good. Cardinals are always that team that are like, that you don't usually see them have like uh, a rebuild year or yeah. anything. So, um, I mean, you always have to expect them to go after someone. I mean, he's in talks with the uh, 
with um, Trey Turner. I mean, they're trying right. to fill the shortstop's yeah. uh, position. So yeah. they're always trying to get some star player to add. I mean, especially since they have uh, Albert and Yachty gone and Wainwright leaving this year. Uh, so they're always trying to fill uh, – they're trying to fill some holes as well. So Yeah, I, I, I go back to the whole Kenley Jansen thing, and I just think to myself, how many, like, pitchers are there now like relief pitchers, I'm saying. Okay. That have had like this this dominant run of like ten years. Like yeah. the only two people I can think of are Craig Kimbrell and Kenley Jansen. Exactly. And that's it. And there's something to be said about the longevity. I'd say of Robertson's in that conversation too. I mean he was he's Mariano Rivera? I think I think he's well, he's well, in that well, conversation. Well, no, 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 I'm talking like about recent. Like current, uh, I'm, I'm talking about current. All time, I was about no, to say. No, no, no. All time, of course. No, no. You can go with K. Rod. You can go yeah. with so many other people. Exactly. I'm just saying right now. Yeah. I think that it's it's not going to be as common. No. You know, and we're starting to kind of see that trend, and I just feel like that there's something valuable that Kenley Jansen brings to the bullpen. It's this sort of comfort. Okay, he he can get himself into rocky starts when he's in there in the ninth inning but he's he shuts the door and he gets the job done and he's just that reliable guy that you can just go to and just say you know get me three outs in that ninth inning and he does that and so I just think that whoever gets him is gonna be getting a a competitor who is just a dog yeah exactly (laughs) and moving into pitching uh the White Sox um acquired Mike Clevenger, and their rotation is looking, honestly, scary, in my opinion. I mean, they were a team that was supposed to be good this year, didn't make the playoffs, went 81-81, and 81. but now they're starting a rotation with, they, they have Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Luis Giolito, Mike Clevenger, and now Michael Kopech. I would say this is the most, like, underrated rotation out of, one out of probably a lot of these teams uh, in the MLB. I mean, Cease was a Cy Young finalist, and Lynn has that experience. Giolito is really good. Clevenger just is also good as well. And Kopech is just this young prospect for the right. for the White Sox. I mean, Southside's looking really good right now. I I, I would think. I mean, you lost to Brayu, but you got to get some hitting to get get some backup with your pitching. Yeah, I I think that Clevenger's like a. A good type of like a gamble move because he had a down year last year. Yeah. The injuries have played a really big factor into how he performed. But that's the type of guy that if you're the White Sox that you do want to go after because you know what his ceiling is. We yeah. saw what the Phillies were trying to do when they got Noah Syndergaard. They thought, okay, he's probably going to be a quality starter. But the ceiling was, okay, maybe he's maybe he shows some sort of resemblance of his former self. And yeah. I think that it was a really good move for the White Sox to, you know, go after him because they have two two to three aces right now, or two to three, I'd say, bona fide uh, starting pitchers. And if if you can get whatever you can get from him is a plus. And, uh, and that's how I look at it. Without a doubt, I think their biggest question mark is do they have the bats that can kind of mount that – Pitching, because I mean, obviously, you want pitching, and pitching can take you so far, and especially it's relevant in, in the postseason, and you want to have starters. But where are the batters? I mean, I think Tim Anderson was a really big disappointment this year. That's somebody yes. who, who yeah. didn't produce at all, and that's a huge question mark. You lose a Abreu, somebody who's been with the team for so his his entire career, he was with the White Sox, yeah. and then he goes to a new squad like Houston, and you're you're still competing with so many 
you know, teams. And in the AL, it's it's tough, but it, it, you you have you can have all these great pitchers. I mean, Dylan Cease was was fantastic. He he was really great. But who like nobody? I think nobody really right now jumps out at us and is gonna. Do you, I think Tim Anderson has just been really inconsistent, but. I, it just I think it's inconsistencies and nobody can really step up for the squad. Otherwise, leaves them a big question mark. I'll tell you what, the Cleve, If you're the Cleveland Guardians, you're you're looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> they're a really young team. I mean, yeah. and you may you were able to make the playoffs with that young team led by Jose Ramirez. I mean, and you see Jose Abreu leave. You yeah, know. you're like thank you. Yeah, that, that gives <laughs> you, yeah, and Correa might leave too. I mean, yeah. I mean the AL Central is a, is it's a division that is always it's like is always a big question mark like they can be like some team can really stand out to Correct. you but every team can also just collapse i mean it's o- i feel like it's not just the white Sox. i feel like it's the entirety of the al royals. central like yeah, the royals yeah, yeah. like the royals tigers. The, tigers, the tigers the guardians too. like all those squads are like a huge question mark like they have potential but they don't show up to that potential usually and I mean, there's usually one team that does. And this year was the Guardians, and last year was the White Sox. But I mean, usually they don't really go as far. I mean, last time some uh, AL Central team went far was yeah. was the Kansas City Royals in 2015. So I, I mean, actually have to add on. I think and it's the, actually well, both Central teams. Well, and the Indians. Central. Well, it's also the Indians too. Uh, yeah, both Centrals. You're yeah. probably right. So um, yeah. and yeah, I mean, looking at that, it's always even with the other Central teams. I mean, the the Cardinals are always good. In some sort of way, but all the other teams as well, they're always like, "Are they going to perform yeah. as we yeah. think that they could perform?" But some there's usually some team that like collapses, and we're like, "Oh, that was a disappointing year." I feel like the right. I feel like the Cubs were a Cubs. team that were like, "Oh, they could be something." Yeah. Like, "Oh, like there's they could be the something." Brewers. The Brewers. I Brewers, was thinking yeah. the Brewers. That's somebody that who was, yeah really so, faltered. Remember when they had, um, you know, they had Vogelbach. They had. Um, Eric Thames over at first, they had all these guys yeah. in their lineup that were like, you know, really huge and, you know, like Babe Ruth type players where they just had like all this power. Jesus Aguilar. Yeah. And then they had Mike Moustakis and Jonathan Scope. Yeah. And now you just look at them and it's just like. It's a lot of older it's Christian guys. Yelich. Yeah. Oh and my God, like, Yelich. He hasn't else? even, like, Yelich, I feel like, hasn't even been. Like anywhere, I mean, no. I, I see ever since his, his MVP year, he's, his career is his completely career, dropped yeah. off, which is kind of yep. sad to say because I mean, you see what he does in Miami too. You expect maybe going to the yep. Brewers, but somebody else. I feel like Yelich was one of those players, like when we were younger, who was like everywhere. He was like yeah. the face of like we always like saw him on ESPN or like Sports yeah. Center. He was everywhere. Yelich. Same I with think Bellinger. Those are the players I think when we were younger. I feel like there's mm-hmm. guys like that who always like stick out in your brain. They're like, oh my god, this this is on every yeah. highlight play was you know Yelich and Bellinger yeah. and that. It was the race for Bellinger and Yelich. And, and, yeah. and now you <laughs> see, and I feel like even like Jose Abreu too. A couple of years ago, like. He was everywhere too. Like was yeah. Carlos Stanton. Stanton, another yeah. older with guy with Miami. Yeah, with, yep. yeah. Those are exciting guys that you know. And now you're really seeing like the tides are turning. The younger guys, it's a lot in the minor leagues, and it starts with the minors. And you can see how much those young guys can really maybe can impact on a squad, and they can completely turn your team around. But now you can say that it goes back to scouting and and how much you know, your minor league system has a big impact on your major league system because you can say a guy like Adley Rutschman and what he's able to do and the yes. young team of the Orioles who people expected them to be dead last and they finished ahead of the Reds, uh, Red Sox who completely collapsed this year. So. And, and Mariners and, and yep. J-Rod. And then you have um, 
Michael Harris and the Braves. So I think the youngsters are going to play a huge part in the next season because, I mean, we work for Team Washington Nationals, and they lost 107 games. And their farm system, they had some kind of highlights in there as well, but I think it goes to show you that your team is only as strong as the guys around you. If you don't have good depth on the squad and you're not prepared for years to come, it could be a couple of years of doom and you can see constant unsuccess. Yeah, and I want to switch over to going back to what when we were talking about the Yelich and Bellinger thing. So Bellinger's a free agent. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kershaw's back with L.A. Um, but there's a, they're losing a lot of guys on their offense. Uh, they got both Turners, Justin and Trey, uh, leaving. So third base and shortstop. Um, I'm expecting Tur- Justin Turner to come back. Um, Bellinger, I feel like, is a huge question mark. Trey Turner, I feel like there's a few teams that he's already set for. Um, but do you think they're still going to be a dominant force without, like, let's say they lose uh, all three of those guys. Are they going to still be as, as dominant as they were this year, getting over 100 wins potentially next year? Um, so how I look at it is, on paper, I'd say no. But the thing that, that people always tend to forget is that, you know, when you have when you have a team, yeah, like, you have to have the talent and you have to have the right pieces, but sometimes, like, what it really takes to even just get to the World Series is a little bit of luck as well, and just getting hot at the right time. Yeah, we I was saw that. Say that. We saw that with the Phillies this year. Mm-hmm. You know, they got hot at the right time, and, yeah, like, they had the they had the pieces, but, they, but the fact that they were just able to go on this run with the talent that they had was unbelievable, yeah. and you just take a look at, like the Dodgers, like a couple of years ago, like when they even won the World Series, that wasn't the most talented team that they had. Mm-hmm. They had other times like where they had more talent, like with Zach Ranke, yeah. they had Jock Peterson, yep. they had like Kenley Jansen was prime Bellinger, prime, prime Be- Bellinger, yeah. exactly. So and Chris Taylor as well, exactly. Yeah. So I think that the point that I'm trying to make is that they're going to be in the hunt. Yeah. You know, are they going to have? If they lose these guys like Trey Turner and Justin Turner, these other guys, are they still gonna? Are they gonna have more talent than they did last year? No, but they still have a shot. Yeah, to go really far. Yeah, I kind of agree. I don't really. Uh, besides the Giants, I don't really see anyone else kind of stepping up in that NL West. I mean, just I mean, based the Padres. on Padres. Padres, yeah. Tatis is coming back. True. I mean. Yeah, I forgot about the it's Padres. Scary. So that it's pretty scary that Tatis is coming back, but especially, but I don't know because the thing is, is when Tatis was on the field, I feel like they the Padres weren't as good. No, when as he was off, when he was, but he was better when he was off. Yeah, you know. So like, I don't know if Tatis is this guy that just wants all the attention around him, kind of like on the team and like in this in the fans, obviously as well. Yeah. But um, I mean, he honestly like with Tatis and Machado, I mean. I feel like Machado is better by himself. I mean, he's proven that with the Orioles, too, that Machado's kind of likes to carry a squad by himself. So, I mean, I mean Tatis, I mean, he's a huge question mark with this Padres. I yeah, that's like. funny you brought up Manny Machado. That was another guy that was on the Dodgers. You know, yeah, he was. Year. Yeah, exactly. So I think also Machado's one of those guys who was in our prime childhood ages. Like, yeah, he's one yeah. of those guys that you can, you can always remember. But, I mean, Padres are a young team. You ha- they got Josh Bell. Now he's a free agent. I don't know. If he'll come back, and then, but where does Tatis fit? Because I thought uh, Kim was a good shortstop. Kim was a really, he was a great yeah. player. He was a really good player yeah, in the I postseason. Well. He's a good in the lineup. He's a good contact hitter. And Tatis, I mean, he's been injury prone. 
you know, then he gets into trouble, and then, you know, he wasn't performing in the season as well as kind of we expected from him. But I think Padres are a team that could really kind of shake it up. The Dodgers, I mean, we forget, they have Freeman, and they have Mookie Betts. True. And they have some of the biggest True. names in baseball. Yep. But Dodgers always seem to kind of collapse, you know, in recent couple, two or three years, just having – they can win 111 games, but that's not – the end goal is to win a championship, to win a World Series, and they haven't done that with the guys that they have. So you can imagine when if, if they work together, but they have enough – I think Dodgers are always willing to they spend money. They did win in tw- 20, was it 2019. 20- 2020. What the Dodgers? Yeah. 2020. Yeah, they won. They won the COVID, the COVID year. year. Yeah, they, oh, that's right. Yeah, they won the COVID year in oh, Texas. So <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. an interesting year. But I think that I think things are gonna just kind of shake up this season because you can. I mean, are the Astros always booked to go to the World Series? Are they? I think. I feel like at this point you gotta expect it. I mean, because they're a dynasty. You, they're, you, they you, are. You add Jose Abreu. Yeah. To your infield, I mean, I would say that's the best infield in the league. With Abreu, Altuve, uh, Jeremy Pena, and Bregman. I mean, that's the best infield out here right it's now. It's insane because you we, thought that you lost a piece and then you come back to the World Series. I mean, can we also acknowledge, too, that even if Justin Verlander leaves, it's still a Framber Valdez. Yeah, exactly. Still yeah. Have, like, all these other guys in their rotation, McCullers, even though. Like even though he's got to fix his he's got to fix his tipping, tipping pitches. pitches thing, right, yeah. right. <laughs> you know, even though he's on the decline, but like you have these other guys that are just young and, and their bullpen is nuts. And their bullpen is really <laughs> good. So I just feel like even if they lose Verlander, that pitching is just scary. Mm-hmm. Where would Verlander fit? That's what I think he's kind of like solidified. With the Astros, like no, I think I think I think he's gonna chase the money, kind of like Correa. Do you think he wants to win? I think Again? he wants to win, but he also wants the money. It's kind of like both because he wants to make Kate Upton happy. Yeah, yeah. whatever she <laughs> yeah, says, exactly. whatever she says, go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. So I think it's gonna be like a team that is good that might need pitching. Um, I don't know where that would be, but I mean, uh, he's just gonna chase the money. But also, you got to remember, it's gonna be a decent amount of money, but it's only for two years. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, he like, wants a short contract. He wants a short contract because he could he's, retire in a couple. He could retire yeah. today. And be right. fine. I mean, I don't yeah. see like in all honesty, I don't know why he isn't. I mean, they've won a World Series. I mean, right. like, well, how old is he? Forty. He's like thirty nine or like he's in yeah. his older thirties, I think. But like he's like he's old. Like, yeah. Yet he's still this good. He's but yeah, still he's still this good. But still, like, why would you like try like go out on a bang? You know, like you yeah. you win Cy Young and you win the World yeah. Series. And the World, World Series, yeah. Like you gotta like didn't just he get leave his, now. Like didn't he get his first postseason win too? Yes, exactly. So yeah, exactly. It's just leaving checking that, everything yeah. off, right? Checking everything off. The World Series win. That's what it was. Yes. Um, but so yeah, you got first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. got to expect it. Like, that's why I think if he chooses to continue pitching, I think he'll stay with the Astros just because that's his kind of the team that he's solidified with right now. That's the only reason why I'm thinking he would stay with the Astros. But somebody else who deserves a lot of money and what kind of where does he fit in, especially so in like late in his career and almost retiring and you know, speculation of course but you know he said he's going to pitch until he can't pitch anymore essentially but i think there's going to be big pitching markets that are just going to be out there and i think in the in the AL you you kind of gear up to face the Astros you kind of put all yeah. your eggs in one basket and say like what can we do to combat the Astros because you see Jamie Pena comes in you lose credit and you're like the Astros like okay maybe there's a hole that we can finally fill and then Pena comes in and demolishes that and performs better than anybody expected. And he, he carried the team. And, I mean, Jose Atuve didn't even do anything really in the World Series. He didn't really do much. And Alvarez had a couple of bombs. But, again, somebody 
who you kind of expect to hit five or six and somebody like their shortstops shine. So, but I think the National League is a lot more wild in that in that sense. I mean, uh, I want you know just uh, just uh, one more thing about the whole Justin Verlander thing. I don't think that this would be like a popular sort of an opinion or something, but I do feel like I looked at Albert Pujols coming back to St. Louis to reunite with Yadier Molina and to reunite with Adam Wainwright. I think it would be so nice if he went to Detroit, Detroit mm. and yeah. retired with Miguel Cabrera. That would be, be cool. Good. That would, that be, would be that would be cool. cool I don't know if he'd do that. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. but Miguel Cabrera, I mean, one of the best. I mean, yes. First base of course, that's of like time. not like a popular opinion or anything like that. Yeah, but it would be I, cool to see. I feel I like agree. that would be nice. And the other thing that I feel like would actually stir, you know, Major League Baseball Twitter, <laughs> is what if he goes to the Mariners? Mm. I think honestly, though, he might fit with the Angels. You think about it. I mean, you have Shohei there. I mean, they they just got Tyler Anderson. Um, you're in LA, and you're in LA. I mean, yeah, you're where sure. Kate up can can still model and whatever. So, <laughs> well, thinking uh, of it all. <laughs> so, I mean, like, he, he, I mean, it wouldn't be a solid fit. I mean, in LA, the LA Angels are making moves. I mean, you re-sign Shohei mm-hmm. for a year for thirty mil, and then you you trade for Hunter Renfro. You get uh, Gio Urshela. You get yeah. Tyler Anderson. I mean, adding tra- uh, adding Justin Verlander wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, you only get him for two years, but still, I mean. You want to try and still make somewhat of a push, especially since you have the star talent of Trout and Otani. Yeah. I mean, you'd have the best one-two punch in the American League. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely yeah with Shohei and Verlander for sure. I mean, and then you have Tyler Anderson behind him. I mean, they like if he goes to the Angels. I mean, it could be a it could be a tough year for it'd be a cool battle in the uh, in the AL West. I mean, with the Astros, Angels, and Mariners, it'd be really cool. Now we haven't really talked too much about like the AL East, but. I, I still like look at that Tampa Bay Rays team, and there's just something about me that just actually still scares me just about them with the amount of depth that they have. But they're going to be getting Tower Glass now back next yeah, year. Yeah, their pitching staff. Like, you know, their pitching staff is also something that is going to be something to look out for. And the Blue Jays. Blue Jays are just well. – the Blue Jays, I had so much higher expectations for the Blue Jays than, than, than what we saw from them because they're such a young team. Yeah. I mean, they, what they lose, uh, Hernandez – to the Mariners, yep. but I think that they're so young and they're so talented that they're one piece away from making it, like, you know, getting into the playoffs, getting a push. I think they're, they're, they're like, on the cusp of, the I Blue think. The Blue Jays or the Rays? I think the Blue Jays. Okay, I okay. think the Rays have, to, like, they can kind of stir the pot more than the Blue Jays have, but I think, again, the AL East is a, is a crazy it's a crazy division because any one of those teams could have run away with it. Like, we saw the Yankees, you know, obviously storm off and go on their run, and then they almost faltered at the end. And then somebody like the Red Sox, who you kind of always expect to be in the mix, the Red Sox were awful this year. They didn't do yeah. anything. And do the Red Sox have another year like that? I don't think so. So I think any – and then the Orioles, of course. So I think that that is probably the, the, the division where – any given it's team it's, ca- it's literally it chaos. chaos it's literally yeah. chaos i think that's yeah. the division everybody has to keep their eyes on and, and the uh, toronto blue jays i think that there's something to be said as well when a team you know is up by eight runs and then they end up losing You're up by that a touchdown game <laughs> and basically like you know everybody that was in that clubhouse was not only sad but they were angry, and yeah. I do feel like those types of things, that type of adversity, 
makes you stronger. Yeah. And so you have to kind of go through those growing pains, if you will. Mm. We saw it with Joel Embiid. Yeah. We saw it with guys like Steph Curry. You know, we've the seen ankle it problems, with, yeah. we, you know, like we've seen it with everybody. We saw it with Freddie Freeman. And I just feel like that that could actually be a blessing for them. And and, I'm, and I know that you don't want to hear that, Kara. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. But it's okay. I do feel like that that's actually going to make them hungrier. Yeah. And with the AL East, I feel like for the teams that are on the rise, I mean, if the Yankees can make some offseason moves and the Blue Jays can make that one piece that you're talking yeah. about, Kara, I think that those two teams are at the top. I think right now the <clears throat> excuse me, the Red Sox are on uh, on a rebuild kind of stage. Yeah. You're gonna they're losing a lot of players in the next in this year and next year, especially since they have the chance of losing Devers. So I think Devers. that. Yes. With the Red Sox, they're on the decline. For the Rays, the Rays are always a tough team because not a lot of players just like the Rays or yeah. like they're not a like a, so mar- a good market. They're not. Yeah. A, they're not a good market in in my opinion. So, what the thing is is what we saw with the Rays is that their pitching's dominant. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's dominant. They can't hit. They can't hit yeah. for crap. I mean, <laughs> they 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 give. I think they only got like a few. They only got like a handful of runs in the two or three games that they played or the two games that they played. So. I mean, it's not a it's not a good look for the Rays, and they have they have some huge holes to fill with the hitting. So, and I think they're going to be on the decline, and I think you got to expect the Orioles to be on that incline, especially since Adley Rushman just changed the entire Orioles team. You in, think with that, that the Rays are going to be on a decline? I mean, you kind of have to expect it because they're not they're not going to it's not a popular market, and it's not. I mean, you have good pitching. I mean, I'm not denying that. It's just you that Boz McClanahan, then you have Tyler Glass. Now that's a pretty darn good three. Well, yeah, but if you, you can have pitching, but if you can't hit, you're, you have to score to win. You, like, yeah, but you also have to have really good pitching in the playoffs, you know. Like, we well, saw yeah, that but too. what I'm saying is, like, if you can't pitch and throughout the entire season, you're not going to have that playoff opportunity. So I like this whole back. Yeah, so, <laughs> so cool. like, it's you yeah. just need you need to have hitting in order to succeed. And I mean, if you have pitching, that's that's the biggest thing. But if you can't hit, then like, how are you going to succeed with with no hitting? You know. I agree. I think a lot of it comes with experience and playoff experience. But the youngsters, I mean, we saw it in the minor leagues. The Orioles have a really good farm system as well. Besides, you know, at Rutschman, we saw a lot of guys at like Garrett Hanese. The Iron Birds are yeah, really the good. Yeah, the Iron Birds are yeah. really, really good. Yeah, with what we saw. And yeah. that it's scary. I mean, the Yankees always have a good system. That's always kind of going to be in the background. I think the AL East, it one of, I think maybe one of those teams can kind of gear up to face Houston. But then you have somebody like, the Mariners to play in the West with the Astros, and then you had the Angels. I think the Angels, if they don't get to the playoffs this year, they're completely done for at this point. Because if you can't get to the playoffs with Otani and Trout, and then now adding all these guys, I mean, Urshela, on when he's on the Yankees, he's played really, really good defense. He's not going to hit 30 plus home runs a year, but he's a good hitter. He's a good defensive third baseman. And you bring somebody just like that, I guess, who has some more experience, especially as well. If you can't win, and you know, I know Trout was hurt a while, and that obviously, is, if he can be healthy, that it's unstoppable. He's obviously one of the best player in baseball, but it's going to be tough for the Angels if they don't win, make it to the playoffs this year. Otani is probably going to walk. I, I think Otani will leave if you know after his contract's over. When is Anthony Rendon going to come yeah. back? I don't, think, I, I don't I, think he won't. I don't I, think he will. I feel yeah. like we've been saying that for such a while. It was kind of it's kind of like the whole Yohannes Cespedes. Like oh, God. oh, oh, like when Yohannes Cespedes yeah. comes back, the Mets are going to be really good. Yeah, you, you know, it's the did he retire? 
Oh, he's he's know. playing he's playing for the Dominican Republic in the World Baseball. Oh, there Classic, we go. So, well, maybe that's so I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> but um, but speaking of the World Baseball Classic, Wayne Wright and Cortez. That's gonna be uh, fun. Esther yeah. Cortez joining the Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. Harper not in the lineup because of his Tommy John surgery. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, without Harper, I mean. I think we all can expect, I think, that the USA is winning this whole thing. I mean, the U.S. has just produced so many dominant players. I mean, <laughs> you have you have Trout, Judge, and and Mullins, Cedric Mullins, in your outfield. <laughs> I mean, like, and that's just to start with, like, and they have okay. also pitching. Yeah, it's just average. It's just <laughs> average. I mean, you have two of the best outfield in all of baseball now <laughs> and also a great defender out in center. I mean, <laughs> like, it's, and, and you have, right. you have MVP, it, you have two MVPs on your team. You got Goldschmidt at first. Isn't Betts Aaron, on the team too, right? I believe so. I would assume so. I believe so. I mean, and then you have, 90%. and you have Arenado and Trey Turner. Trey Turner. JT. Like, yeah. come on. Like, I'm just looking at the roster now, it's. It's pretty stacked. I mean, it's pretty stacked. You could put Trevor Story at second, but I would probably put Mookie at second because he can play that. Yeah. And yeah, Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso's in there <laughs> in the mix. Goldschmidt. Yeah. Nolan Arnato. Exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Team USA can win this whole thing. I mean, uh, the biggest battles right now, I mean, is Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And yeah. Cuba. But I mean, Team USA is super stacked. What about Team J- I mean Japan? Japan, yeah. Maybe. I feel like Japan always kinda hangs in there. Yeah. But World Baseball Classic is gonna be so exciting. Yeah, it's gonna. I be will s- watch it. So, I mean, oh, without I, a doubt. I, like I, I still like I see the highlights because they've been talking about World Baseball Classic of yeah. uh, Adam Jones robbing Manny Machado. I mean, Adam Jones was one of those guys. That oh we my saw gosh, when we were young. Like, <laughs> Jones, <laughs> so, literally one of my favorite like, players. He was one so, of my favorites too. Exactly, and I mean, yeah. so like. Like the World Baseball Classic, just a fun thing to watch. It's like the Baseball World Cup, literally. Yeah, so, it's so um, exciting. I have an idea, kind of off topic for next, maybe next episode or two. We got to think of all the players of our like childhood that we grew mm-hmm. up with. Top and five, yeah, like players? yeah, and just rank now. them <laughs> and see, you know, maybe who were the I most could, influential players of our childhood. I could literally think of five. Like, right, right it's kind of insane. Yeah. So I think we're like making all the, whether yeah. whether or not they were like you know really good or like even if they were. Just somebody who we saw, you know, constantly. Tim right, like somebody like that. Yeah. Somebody who always sticks oh, out in your mind. Right. <laughs> I, I have like five of his baseball cards. I, that's why I remember <laughs> him. Literally, oh like gosh. I remember him. That's wow. somebody. I got. I would have to pull out like the archives to yeah. somebody I'd like that. I'd say Edwin Encarnacion. Encarnacion. I'm, I'm just spitballing these abbeys. I know I'm not going to be here next week, but like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm Maybe just we'll thinking. have to wait for you two weeks yeah, or so, yeah, you know, I'm tell I'm us when you're available. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. We can get everybody's yeah. opinions, you know, who's player. Even if they were good or not. I'm just thinking players who just like shaped you as like a a fan of the game exactly. and kind of yeah. who impacted Ryan you. Howard, another mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know what I was just thinking about? I know that like we're off topic, but like that's just what <laughs> happens. Like you know, what when, happens you're, when you're talking to your friends and yeah, <laughs> you're back here in front of this microphone, which is your best friend. <laughs> yeah, anything can happen. It's just, uh, uh, you know, I was just thinking about this and I, w- I want to know your opinion about it, both of you. I think that Justin Verlander is like the only player in my eyes that's actually had two primes because he was really good with Detroit and then he had a couple of seasons where he was like on the decline and as soon as he got traded to Houston, he He got back in form. He got back in form and I thought he was better than ever. In all of baseball? I'm just saying like in all sports. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I don't really know if a player has ever had I mean, I'm sure that you could probably think of a couple, 
mean, but like not as like good. I feel like I can think of one right now, but like I think that, for, for at least for baseball, but I think that, um, I mean, Verlander had a really good prime with Detroit and yeah. a really good prime with Houston. So I think that you're honestly correct. But the one the one player that stands out to me that had I'm in two primes, for me it would be Machado. I mean, you win Gold Glove with the Orioles, have a decline, have some decline years with the Dodgers, and then he comes back with the Padres, and now he's back in in his form as he was with Baltimore. I mean. I mean, he he carried that team to the Padres. He was the main reason. He was an MVP conversations. Like sure. he was a, he was an sure. MVP MVP finalist. So for the NL. So I mean, you have to you got to put Machado in that conversation. I mean, since he was really he, I mean, he was really well with the Orioles, and he had that decline year with the with the Dodgers or the decline years with the Dodgers. Now he's with the Padres, coming back into his original form. So. I think it just kind of shows in the, in the baseball what markets you can kind of excel in and what you can't. And that plays a huge, huge factor because you see just one trade, one team. I mean, it doesn't have to be a star-studded team or L.A., you know, New York, you know, Boston. Boston doesn't have to be these high-leverage cities. But one team you might not be able to excel in. You might not be able to handle the bright lights of Philly or, or New York and kind of where you play. And I just think of – any player can have an impact like that and all it takes is one you know team to rejuvenate you you get a you know different rotation of guys around you You get a different environment in the clubhouse different pitching staff a different you know coaches that you have out there and that can kind of pivot somebody's career and kind of change the tides for them and you can see what it did did to a guy like Verlander who kind of kick-started another life in him a second wind out there and Machado again I feel like Machado on the Dodgers was so like relevant at the time and now it's so irrelevant because what the Padres were able to kind of accomplish yeah, yes. is kind Correct. of it is insane especially without Tatis and the you know without their big stars and then they go out and get Juan Soto and then they get Josh Bell and then they you know add all these little pieces and it includes a big thing and then it just goes to show you that I think in baseball you don't you you know one team a lot of play, a lot of guys aren't sticking with one team throughout their whole career and yeah. the guys that have done that kind of solidified, them, solidified themselves in the Hall of Fame and kind of sticking with one team but Nowadays, guys are not on one team anymore. They're, they're looking for the money, and that kind of exactly. shows wh- where the money can take you. It can negative Im- negatively impact you or positively impact you. And Turner and excuse me, Verlander and Machado are guys to exemplify that. Yeah, I just I just can't really think of like any other athlete. I mean, maybe like you could say Michael Phelps, or you know, like if we're looking at it like globally, like globally like Usain Bolt. Like I just can't think of anyone in particular that. Like, had, like, a really good, you know, like, 10, had a, had a really good 10 years and then just, like, comes back and, like, shows dominance for, like, another five years, like, after two bad years. Yeah. I can't think of any. Like, you can't say LeBron James. No, no you can't say LeBron. You, you know. Just like, trying to think in any football. Can't say KD. Because you can't no. say Tom Brady. No. No. Well, no. No, you can't say Tom Brady. It's unless he comes back after these years. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if Rogers, you know, can throw a football, maybe yeah. <laughs> next year. Or Russell Wilson. Russell yeah, Wilson. Russell Wilson. Or, yeah, maybe. But what about Russell Westbrook? Mm. <laughs> he's like, eh. That's how I feel. I was like, eh. He's like, eh. I mean, yeah. he was somewhat dominant with Houston, um, but now he's with LA. If he comes back after LA, like he was with OKC, what was the day? I just saw. thought of one. Who? Tiger Woods. Mm, probably, yeah. yeah. Tiger Woods, probably, yeah. I wasn't thinking golf. So. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. But I figured out my top five childhood players. By the way, so. oh my god! Oh Spoiler episode. Tune Spoiler. in. <laughs> Tune in next week. Tune in yes. next week. <laughs> but um, 
but yeah, those yeah those yeah Tiger would definitely be one of those guys um, that would definitely have one of those comeback years to come back and have a good have a good prime after declining a few years. You're definitely right, Jason. Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting to me. I just feel like too that when you talk about the guys that are like you know these top tier players like Albert Pujols and these and these guys like Justin Verlander. These guys that are like first ballot Hall of Famers, like who votes them like not to be first ballot Hall of Famers? Yeah, the, like, the, the biggest thing for me, I mean, is how Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. Damn, we're like really like stirring this whole <laughs> stirring the pot. Dude. So I mean, it's cool. The thing with Barry is like it's hard. Like it, like I get the whole steroid thing, but the thing with Barry is like it's hard enough to hit a baseball. I mean, you have. Point four seconds to swing at a fastball nowadays. To de- or yeah. like point four seconds for a like a fastball to get down uh, into the catcher's mitt, right? You blink in point six seconds, right? I mean, it's hard enough to, yep. <laughs> it's hard enough to hit a baseball, right? Like I, I get the whole steroids thing, like oh he hit a ball farther than most people did because he had he had things in his body, but like. He was good before the steroids. He's good before yeah. the steroids, but, I mean, he had a great year with the steroids, but, like, great prime with his steroids. But, like, still, he changed baseball. I mean, like, the fact that he hit over 750 home runs in an entire career and set the home run record, even, I mean, I know that Judge just hit 62, but, I mean, even, like, without steroids, but, like, with, with steroids, Bonds hit with with 72, but, like, still, I mean... It, it's still he's still a great ball player. I mean, it made baseball interesting with the battles of Maguire and Sosa, and also Barry Bonds. Like, like the fact that he's not in there is surprising to me because he changed the the, the entirety of baseball in the early two thousands. Yeah, I think that I I see it from both sides. You know, I'm the type of person that likes to play devil's advocate, but also. Mm-hmm. You know, look at things from different perspectives. Somebody told me when I was in high school that, you know, you have to kind of be, like, fair-minded and you have to look at things from multiple perspectives. But I do feel like that you bring up some interesting points. The one thing that I would say is that, you know, baseball has lived up to this sort of integrity where they feel as if if a player um, doesn't follow the rules or if they don't, like stick to the rules, right. then you know, then they get punished for that. Now you can make the argument, like, what are the rules? Like, we, yeah, we, we still even see like nowadays, and like this is totally getting into a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but like, you, you you think about the sticky stuff and the whole yeah. conversation about right. about that, and then and then the whole like juice balls conversation and, mm-hmm. and that whole issue. So, yeah, I. I I tend to look at things from different from different sides, but tying this all back to Barry Bonds, there's no denying that he that he dominated that era of baseball, and he actually drew in a lot of people. He was he was must watch television. Not saying that Aaron Judge isn't right, right, that right. Bryce Harper isn't, but it was just different when Barry was playing. Exactly. And one last thing before I before we end <laughs> this episode, but uh, Miggy is its last year this year. Um, what do we think? What what can we expect out of him in his last year? I mean, Yadi, we were expecting. Oh, maybe he gets seven hundred, right? Right. And he did. Um, Yadi, we just wanted to see him be uh, catch for Wainwright a few more times. <laughs> what do you 
what are we expecting out of Miggy in his last year um, with the Tigers? I mean, he's got that 3,000 hit mark. He's played great throughout his entire career. I mean, what do we expect out of him? Uh, it's tough. I mean, I'm trying to see how many home runs does he have. He's over 500. He's, he yeah. just got 500, not this year, but last year in 2021. So I think he's at 507 right now. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, what do we expect out of him? I mean, like, there's nothing really. What did he bat this season? Like, I, he's got the triple crown, too. Like, in yeah, when he was with the right. top, like, earlier, yeah. like, in 2014, I think it was. But I mean, you can see his numbers declining, which obviously he's getting older. He's been, you know, with the Tigers. And he batted 254 this season. He's got over 500 home runs. Yeah. He's, he's, he's achieved a lot. Yeah, he's yeah, achieved he's, a lot. Like, is there done, a reason for him to continue? He's done everything no. he's he's needed to do. I mean, he does deserve his own, you know, farewell tour. He deserves for all sure. that. Of course. For sure. That's somebody, again, player in our generation. Yeah. He's impact, like, he's 39 years old. Yeah, And he's, he just, imp- I think another player that just impacted the game of baseball. And especially in the Detroit Tigers. It's just somebody that doesn't, you know. It's it's kind of incredible, you know, since two thousand eight. That it's just mm-hmm. his run has been incredible. So I think you can just expect him to. I don't think production wise, he's not as the he's not the power hitter that we're used to him seeing. Yeah. He's not the strength that he because even like Pujols with his age, he wasn't declining. He was he seemed like he was getting comeback player of the year. He mm-hmm. his his strength yeah. and his you know perseverance was huge this season. He his I guess was much watched television. His kind of home run chase, especially going at the same time as Judge, that was so exciting as well. But I think Cabrera, he's getting older. His power isn't there, and his the team isn't strong. Like at least Pujols, you know, the Cardinals were kind of in it. They were in the playoff hunt. They were you know they had the pieces. Kind of carried them a little right. Bit. Yeah, at the yeah. end he was really exciting to he's watch. Like, so I think Cabrera, I think we can just kind of expect him. Let's also, uh, oh, sorry, then the country. No, it's okay. I was kind of done. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, let's also not forget too that, you know, Major League Baseball, in the National League, like, you know, now you have a universal DH. Yeah. And so the timing of that, for Albert Pujols to be able to actually yeah. hit every day, right? That worked out. And Bryce Harper. Was, and Harper, well, yeah. Well, well, yeah, too. But you know, we're talking about farewell tours. Right, right, right. So with Albert Pujols, that was like destiny. Yeah, and the fact that he was able to go back to his hometown, where some may argue that he should have stayed there like the, the, his whole entire career, the fact that he was able to, to do it and he put on quite a show, and he also like competed in the home run derby. Yeah, I just feel like that that actually boosted his momentum and his confidence, and that was a good thing. And I don't know if Miguel Cabrera could even. Like have that type of a season. Also, he had seven hundred home runs. Right, yeah. so, like, <laughs> that's insane. He, he, you know, so like he was turning back the clock, and that's the type of note that you want to go out on. I just don't know if Miguel Cabrera can do that. The team is not is not nearly as well constructed roster wise right. compared to the Cardinals, and also Miguel Cabrera's career was just different than Albert Pujols. Yeah, so. Without a doubt, I think that pretty much wraps up this yeah. episode. We hit on so many different topics today. You started out with free agency, you know, Yankees, Phillies, all the players we wanted to see where they were going. You Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame yeah. we got into, Barry Bonds we got into, our childhood favorites. You know, we kind of hit on World Baseball Classic, you know, money-wise, Judge and DeGrom. We hit on pretty much everything we could have possibly hit on and more. So, very great episode. And again, you know, we got plenty of in store next week as well. So, 
Jason, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure it felt good back to be back here in Raw Radio. And thanks again for joining us and coming yeah. back on the 10th Inning Podcast. But for Caraguno, alongside Jack Miller and today's guest, Jason Joseph, thank you so much for tuning in on the 10th Inning Podcast right here on Raw Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You've been listening to the 10th Inning Podcast with your hosts, Jack Miller and Caraguno. Make sure to tune in weekly for new episodes. You can find 10th Inning and every Rowan Radio sports podcast by searching for Rowan Radio On Demand Sports wherever you find your podcasts.